Hello, welcome. It's so great that you've joined us for this online service. We're excited that next week we have the possibility of gathering together. Um, Phil and Julia have been working really hard to meet all the um, health regulations that we need to in order to gather safely. Um, so you would have seen the information um, at the beginning of this uh, video, and we would like you to please register either using the app or uh, if you're not able to use the app, if you could please phone the office. And Julia would love to take your information between 9 and 4, um, Monday to Thursday. We look forward to meeting you. If you feel more comfortable staying at home and watching us online, that's awesome too. Um, we know that the Holy Spirit is able to unite us, to bring us together in spirit, even though, uh, even when we're physically separated. So it's so great to be together. Thank you for joining us, and I hope you're blessed this morning by this service. Let's start with a word of prayer. Dear God, we thank you that today we can celebrate our fathers. We thank you, God, for our earthly fathers. We thank you, God, for their patience, for their endurance, for the ways that they care so deeply for us. We are especially grateful, dear God, for those fathers who point us towards you, those fathers who mentor and disciple us to be followers of you, to experience your love, your joy, and your peace. We thank you, God, that there's so many men in this congregation who, um, whose greatest delight is to be followers of you, who follow your example of sacrificial love. And we pray, dear God, that you would bless these men, that you would be near to them, that you would give them everything they need to meet the needs of their family. Um, we pray, dear God, for those folks who, um, who are struggling today, um, we know that there's families within this church family that for, for whom today is their first Father's Day without their father. So we ask, dear God, that you would give your comfort and your peace to those families. We pray, dear God, um, for those people who experienced um, less than what you intended from their fathers. We pray, dear God, for those people for whom Father's Day is a trigger. We pray that, um, that, that you would be especially near them to comfort them as well, to reassure them with your gentle but persistent love. Dear God, we pray for those men who wanted to be fathers, but that just didn't happen for them. We know, God, that you are especially close to the brokenhearted, so we pray for them as well. We pray, dear God, as we delve into your word, as we explore what it means to call you our father, what it means to call you Abba, Daddy, um, that you would be with me, um, that you would send your Holy Spirit with me to guide my words um, so that they would reach the folks that are tuning in today, so that they would be blessed, so that they would be reassured, renewed, and restored in their view of you as their Heavenly Father. We thank you for your goodness, for your grace, and we praise you. Uh, in the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. We just sang No Longer Slaves Together. No Longer Slaves is such a deep and meaningful song. And it's direct quotes of what scripture says in Galatians 4, verses 4 to 8. Let's read that together. Galatians 4, verses 4 to 8 in the New Living Translation say, 
But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law, so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own son. And since you are God's child, God has made you his heir. What incredible words of scripture. What incredible words of hope and renewal. How incredible is it that God, the creator of the universe, chose to make us his very own children? It's been my delight to be able to soak in these words over the last few days as I prepared this message. And in today's message, I'm hoping that we can gain new or renewed insight into how God adopted us to be his very own children. And what it means not only to be forgiven by God, but to have God go one step further to make us his children. So we want to look at what it means practically to call God our Father. Before I felt the call into ministry, I worked for the local child protection agency. I actually spent 13 years working for the Children's Aid Society of Oxford County. And I know many people have had bad experiences with that agency, either feeling like they've done too much or not enough. Um, it's really difficult work, and I just, I just hope um, that God has brought healing uh, into your life if you've had a bad experience. But as, um, as I worked there in often really difficult situations, uh, seeing how conflict and trauma and abuse affected the lives of children, I often wondered, like, what could I do? What was I called to be and do in that situation? In that situation where uh, so often the role of father was either missing or had been abusive. I, I wondered what it was, would be um, or how I could effectively be an ambassador of Christ's love and, and, and light in, those, in that situation. And I often wondered um, why God used the illustration of being our father. And why Jesus asked us or taught us to pray our Father. Um, and I really struggled for a while how to communicate that God was a loving Father into situations were, that were just so dire. Or situations where fathers had caused so much hurt. Where parents had caused so much hurt. And um, I found after a while that it was difficult to pray our Father it was difficult to address my prayers to, um, to a father. And if maybe you felt this as well, maybe you felt that it was because of pain you experienced that it, it was difficult to pray to God and call him father. Or maybe you've had a friend or a family who's had this difficult situation or difficult wounding in their lives. And I would encourage you as friends and family listening to stories of hurt that you would listen with compassion. 
that you would listen and be present um, and in that way be able to shine the light of God and, and possibly even lead and encourage people to seek counselors. We have so many great Christian counselors in our region and if you're needing numbers or referrals, I would love to do that for you. We also have an incredible program here, uh, incredible ministry here at IPC called Healing Care, in which many of those wounds can also be addressed. But getting back to my situation of struggling to um, address God as Father, given the context that I was in, given the stories of hurt, um, given the evidence of hurt and abuse that I was seeing all around me. But I came to realize over, over time that I needed to get back to calling God Father. I needed, to, rather than applying my lived experience um, in a broken experience, to rather than applying that to God, I needed to p- apply God's incredible truth. God's incredible truth of what he says in Galatians 4 to this broken experience. Um, One of the uh, 4th century church fathers, Hilary of Poltiers, said, The human mind must not measure the nature of God by the laws of its own nature, but evaluate the divine truths in accordance with the magnificence of God's self-revelation. And basically what that is saying is um, just what I discovered, that rather than evaluating a broken human situation and applying that broken situation to God, we need to apply God's goodness and truth and restoration and plan for redemption to the broken situations we find in our own lives. So again, I'm hoping that by examining Galatians 4 verses 4 to 8 and Ephesians 1 verses 4 to 8, that we can discover how God adopted us to be his very own children, and that we can also um, explore what it means not only to be forgiven, but to have God as our Heavenly Father, what it means to be children of God. So let's read this second passage together, Ephesians 1, verses 4 to 8, where it says, Even before he made the world, God loved us, and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family, to bring us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he poured out on us who belong to his dear Son, He is so rich in kindness and grace that he purchased our freedom with the blood of his son and forgave our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and all understanding. Again, incredible words, incredible concepts that aren't just concepts, they're reality of what it means to be a child of God. Isn't it incredible that God, the creator of the universe, before he even started the act of creation, had in mind to create us and had in mind that we would be the focus of his incredible love. 
And even though Adam and Eve wandered away and sin entered into the world, God knew, and God knew that he would cause um, our redemption, that he would send his only son, so that through his son we would receive forgiveness, um, that we would receive restoration and redemption, Um, And that he could, through us, through forgiving us, he could bring restoration to the whole world. Isn't it amazing that the creator of the whole universe, um, he's not just this abstract character, but he sent his son, that through his son, through his son's death and suffering, through his son bearing the load of our sin, bearing the burden of um, our separation from God, that we could be reunited to God the Father. That he didn't only forgive our sins, but he made this giant step further to become our Father. I love that, um, I love this concept of adoption. Because God could have just chosen to just forgive us, but he took this giant step of adopting us to be his dearly loved children, so that through his son, we can call him not only our father, but we can call him Abba, which means daddy. Um, Abba just just communicates this incredible intimacy and tenderness that God has for us. Paul was writing as a Roman citizen and the, the Hebrew culture and the Greek culture didn't have adoption, but the Roman culture did. So let me kind of give you the context of what adoption looked like in the Roman context. Unlike our culture, where we think of adoption as adopting infants, in the Roman culture, adoption, which meant making someone your son, happened to adults. A wealthy Roman landowner who had no heir um, would search out a slave who he saw as having potential to run his estate. So in, that, in, that, um, in the Roman culture, he would pick a slave and this slave would become his son. And it was a legal act by the father to select and name this heir this person who would be transformed from a slave into a son. And this newly made son would have all their debts canceled. They would have all their obligations canceled. They would receive a new name, and they would get all of their new father's riches. They would become an heir to all of their father's wealth. But on the flip side, the father would be liable for everything that the son did. So if the son did something foolish, the father would have to come in and pay those debts or seek restoration in those situations. Um, So it wasn't a change in nature. It was a change in legal status. Um, This this slave would be transformed into a son and they would be able to carry on the wealthy landowner's name and legacy in the community. 
So this is the context in which Paul is writing, and this is how he explains what God does for us, how God takes one giant step from just forgiving us and redeeming us, which in and of themselves are incredible acts of grace and mercy. But he takes this incredible step further to restore us into, into an incredible re- intimate relationship with us. He calls us um, through Christ to become his very own children, to adopt us so that all of our sins are paid for, so that we receive a new name, a new life, a new legacy in Jesus Christ. Can you imagine if you commit a crime, you're found guilty, maybe you even admit guilt, but you're in front of a judge who says not only that you won't be punished, but he invites you home for supper and says, hey, what about moving in with me and becoming my son or my daughter? Can you imagine? Like just the forgiveness and the grace of not being punished for something is astounding. But to be actually made, for the judge to actually ask you and invite you into this intimate relationship of being your child, that's just astounding. I think sometimes for us who've been Christians for a really long time, we just get used to these concepts and we don't take the time to spend, to have awe and wonder at just what incredible lengths Jesus Christ went to, what incredible lengths God our Father went to, sacrificing his son to restore us into an intimate relationship, to restore us into a relationship not only where we um, were forgiven, but that we were actually made his children, that we were actually made heirs of his goodness and grace. So those are great and wonderful concepts. Those are those that's incredible, and I hope you have a sense of awe and wonder. I hope you can f- spend some time in Ephesians 1 and Galatians 4 throughout this week just thinking about how incredible God is and how incredible it is to be called his children. But so what? How does that affect my day-to-day life? How does that affect your day-to-day life? How does that affect us as we try to be children of God in really difficult and broken situations. Well, for one, being a child of God gives us incredible security. It gives us incredible knowledge um, that we are safe and that we are protected. I think Romans 8 verse 15 says it best. Romans 8 verse 15 in the New Living Translation says, So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received a spirit when he adopted you as his own children. We call him Abba Father. So we have this security in being God's children. So something I also learned um, training to be a social worker and also working uh, in the child protection system was just how important attachment is. How important it is that there's this secure bond and attachment between parent and child. That um, laying that foundation, that groundwork of security and attachment 
impacts so much of a child's life. Um, you can actually see that a child who feels secure that their parent will be there, that their parent is dependable, that their parent is loving and consistent, has more, uh, experiences more freedom in exploring their world and checking things out. So when we know that we are children of God, when we have this deep-rooted assurance that we are intimately attached to the creator of the universe, that he not only forgives us, but he invites us into this intimate relationship with, of being our children, we can enter life, we can go through life with incredible security, incredible knowledge that no matter what challenges we face, no matter what difficult situation we are in, we are still held we are still cared for. We are still um, secure in our relationship with Jesus Christ, our Lord. We can know that our comfort in life and in death is that we are not our own, but belong body and soul in life and in death to our faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. And it's through this Savior that we are able to be secure and dearly loved children of the creator and sustainer and redeemer of the universe. We have comfort and security in knowing that we belong to God no matter what. We have comfort and security and, and we are released from fear. So whenever you're facing a situation where you're tempted to worry, where you're tempted to think, oh, why is this happening to me? Think of God as your daddy. And just like our little children um, who often don't understand why things are happening, um, but they know that they can trust or go to a place with their parents because their dad or their mom or their, their loving parents will keep them safe in that situation, we can enter into any situation, into any circumstance in life, into any challenge, health challenges, relationship challenges, work challenges, knowing that we have a God and Father in heaven. And it, it also affects knowing that God is our Father, knowing that we are children of the Most High King, that we are children of the Creator and Sustainer of the universe, also affects the way we approach God or affects the way that we interact with God. It affects the way we pray. A slave would, or um, an employee going to a powerful employer would approach them with fear and trepidation if there was a big mess up. Um, they would likely say, uh, excuse me, I know you're really busy, but um, I, had this, I have this problem. But when we pray, we can approach God as our Abba, as our Daddy, as our Father. And just like a child, a five-year-old child who in the middle of the night doesn't, wakes up and is, needs a drink of water, Rather than saying, excuse me, parents, I know you're really busy and you're busy sleeping and your sleep is really important. They don't do that. When they know that they have a loving parent, they scream out in the middle of the night and they say, mom, dad, I need a drink. 
And as earthly parents, we're more than happy. Well, we're not always happy when our sleep's interrupted, but we, w- we want our children to have their needs met. So we're happy to bring them a glass of water. And that's when we feel secure in our relationship with God, our Heavenly Father. We can cry out to him when we're in trouble. We can say, Dad, I need some help here. We can cry out, God, I don't know what's happening, but I need you. I need your security and your love and your presence in my life. We can treat suffering as discipline. We can see and trust that God might have a bigger plan that we don't see yet. And I hope that through this, through COVID-19, you've experienced the intimacy of what it means to have God as your Heavenly Father. Again, I struggled for a while knowing how to pray in broken situations, in situations where there was conflict, in situations where um, father and mother seemed like such broken words. But God, we have a God who speaks truth into our brokenness. We have a God who reassures us and is with us and promises that nothing can separate us from his love. And to that incredible Heavenly Father, we can cry out in every situation. And we can have the, ins- the assurance that God loves us no matter what. That God loves us in a way that is perfect. That God loves us in a way that meets our every need. Let's come together and praise that Heavenly Father. Dear God, we praise and thank you for who you are. We thank you from the depths of our being for the incredible sacrifice that Jesus Christ made to make us, to restore and renew us in relationship with you. We thank you, God, that in our pain and our suffering, uh, when we're facing situations that are so beyond us that we can cry out to you, Abba, Father. We thank you that you You care about the intimate details of our lives. So God, on this Father's Day, we ask that you would continue to restore us to you as our Father, that you would continue to empower and enable our earthly fathers, that you would continue to enable and empower us to face every situation, knowing that you are a God who is with us. So God, keep stretching our minds, keep stretching our experience so we can know the heights and the depths and the width width of your incredible love for us. We thank you and we praise you. In Christ's powerful name we pray. Amen. I want to leave you with this Father's blessing. It's something that we received in healing care training. It's something that we've used and many people have found very powerful in healing care. So let me read this blessing over you. This is from God to you. Rejoice and sing, my child. Be happy and sing with all your heart. I have taken away every judgment against you, and I have cleared away all of your enemies. I am your king. Your Lord, I am within you. 
beside you, behind you, beneath you, and ahead of you. You will never need to fear evil again. Don't be afraid or let your hands grow weak. I am Lord. I am God. I am is with you now and forever. And I will use my mighty power to save you. You bring me great joy and gladness. Let me quiet you as I sing my song of love over you. Do you feel oppressed? Let me free you. Is it difficult putting one foot in front of the other? Let me carry you. Have you been rejected, cast aside? Allow me to gather you to myself. I will bring you praise in every place where you once experienced shame. You will be known as mine among all the peoples of the earth. And watch. I will bring great and hidden treasures right before your eyes. This is my word for you, and everything I say will come to pass because of my great love for you. Love, Abba. Be blessed today, tomorrow, and always. So good to spend this time with you. Blessings. Hope to see you next week. Take care.